0: Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic!
1: Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Mark Van Aken in a minute, but the Confederations Cup is over with a respectable result for the Socceroos and what sometimes seems like the inevitable result for Germany after their win against Chile in the final, but the clock is ticking towards the national side's date with destiny against Japan in eight weeks' time. We'll be tracking every step of the way as August 31 looms. But in the meantime, there's plenty on in the world game for us to dissect. First up, Australian football journeyman Scott Jamison joins us after a glittering A-League career across four clubs and a brief stint in Sweden. Former soccer who is the first signing of new Melbourne City coach Warren Joyce and is expected to shore up the left edge of the pitch. Looking forward to that chat. But earlier in the week, Michael Lynch wrote an article in the Fairfax newspaper suggesting that the Association of Australian Football Clubs may be ready to lobby FIFA to disband the FFA board if their demands for change are not met. In the last 48 hours, the FFA has issued a press release announcing a FIFA AFC mission to Australia later this month in an effort to end the impasse over expansion of the sports membership. We talked to AFC Chairman Robbie Crame to try to get to the bottom of some of this. Our man Dean Hennessy, the Victorian delegate, will of course be joining us for that discussion. Then we'll wrap up the opening hour with that very man Dino to talk through the domestic game. In the second hour, we will We'll kick off with second edition news, as we always do. But as any regular listener to the show knows, we're big supporters of the women's game here on box to box and with the young Matildas in the middle of a friendly series against Canada and the USA. We'll be joined by Gary Van Egmont, their coach, to tell us how preparations are going for the AFC Under-19s Championship in October, which double as qualifiers for the Under-20s Women's World Cup in France in 2018. Then Dino returns to talk the international news. And we'll wrap it up with Stoppage Time Edge. It's going to be a packed show. Nice to be talking about some positive stuff, but it wouldn't be box-to-box box if there wasn't some politics wedged in there
2: somewhere. Well, just when we think uh, this governance crisis can't get any worse, mm. it, uh, it cranks right up with mm. this announcement that this FIFA slash AFC delegation is uh, going to intervene in, in trying to sort out this uh, this Congress uh, mm. mess. That's all it can be. Mm. Um, uh, and... Track watchers, which I refer to, in other words, people I talk to around the place tell me that this is only the beginning. It could get a little bit more, uh, uh, a little more dangerous for the FFA or, or desperate maybe in the coming weeks. So How let's... can it get more desperate than it already is? Well, that's what you think. How can it? But uh, it obviously could. Uh, but but another thing, and uh, not not I want to. Uh, I always talk to you about three things off the top of the top. Mm-hmm. The first two are negative. Obviously, I was horrified to see Adelaide United's uh, chairman withdraw four players from the Oli Roo squad. Yeah, I just don't get that. I just think mm-hmm. that is absolute, utter crap. So, I mean, how do, mm-hmm. I feel George Blackwood, Ben Warland, Paul Izzo, and Jordan O'Doherty, I mean, really, they should get their opportunity to represent Australia. Nothing yeah. is greater yeah. uh, in representing your country, and I just think that's... Poor politics mm. and petty. They might and never average. get the chance again. That's right, disgusting. But on a personal note, I'm going to end with a positive. Um, my my mob, Heidelberg oh, Alexander, gosh. won the Doherty Cup this week, a very prestigious trophy in Victorian football. <laughs>
3: mm. <laughs> what you're going to say, Mark? well, that that deserves to come in off the. It's great of the that the show. you won another. Victorian state-based championship, Michael. Well, you can only win you've ne- stuff. you've never won anything on the national stage. So you, you might as well, win. Might the as well win the state-based stuff, mate. Get on with the news, Mark. Well done, Now, Bruggers. as you guys have touched on, FFA will, inverted commas, welcome. An A- FIFA and AFC mission to Australia later this month in an effort to end the impasse over expansion of the sport's membership. You don't now we're welcoming
1: them, mate. You just sort of sound, you sound Oh, geez, uh, I don't know. Suspicious. Now
3: we're going to talk to Robbie about this uh, later in the show. So I don't want to steal the thunder too much, but and and you guys have touched on it. Have there has there been Michael, you've been around this game longer than me. You're a bit older than me. Not much, but a little bit. I can't remember a time. Oh, I can.
2: <laughs> yeah, but can <laughs> Tell you, you what.
3: seriously? I mean, I, I'm being serious. I know we're talking about we're talking about my
2: time in the game came at the end of the NSL, and there's all that crap that went
4: with that. Oh, I think the O'Neill
2: um, and Lowy. No, no, the, no. The, the, mate, the time uh, I remember quite vividly the time when the Australian Sports Commission under Mark Peters, that uh, name which will we'll, we'll send a shiver down the spine of a lot of. Uh, Football stakeholders, uh, traditional ones, uh, when when they uh, decided to shake the uh, the hell out of the football federation or the the old Soccer Australia, that was a when was that? Oh, that was 1990. 1993, okay, around yeah. those times. That was a very uh, that's a, that led to the David Hill years. That, that led right? to the you know that was the, the beginning yeah. of the Crawford Report time, and uh, you know it was very nasty, and there was a lot of uh, carnage in that time, and uh, I remember it being really viciously nasty. Uh, that's when there was great divides along ethnic uh, routes within the clubs. But and have it, we ever had the... FIFA land in the middle of it? No, no, we haven't. But this is this is big. But that time was pretty enormous too. Mm. That time was pretty enormous. Can I –
3: I'll cut through this, but the FIFA Member Associations Committee that might come in is made up of 14 members.
2: Yeah, read
4: the Can members. Can we listen to these? From, <laughs>
2: North and Korea, and, and, and as much gig. as we are an
3: agent for change on this show and we want to fix it, from Argentina, yeah, I think, Aruba, Jamaica – no, just Aruba. Uh, bah, the Bahamas, apparently it's a country. France, Iceland, Madagascar, New Caledonia, North Korea, North Korea <laughs> – Oh, They'll fire rocket up you on it! Oman, Samoa, <laughs> oh, Sierra Leone, uh, Switzerland, Turkey, and Turks and Caicos Islands.
2: Oh, can I can I just say these are taking... the people that are going to come? They're the people
3: to to to, to or a, Sydney or a delegation of those people. Yes. A delegation of those people are going to come to Sydney and talk to them about good governance. Now, I think, uh... without hurting the feelings of
2: most of those countries. I'm not sure many of those countries are known for their great governance, Michael. In in fairness to the FFA, I think they uh, released the members of that committee just so people like Mark and I and you, Rob, can, can take actually out yeah. absolutely have a good laugh of it because uh, we're taking lessons in democracy from North Korea, please. Yeah, we're well, seeing really. Kim jong un has got a
1: few distractions going on right now. Um,
2: oh, but we've... this is the world that the FFA has you. to play in. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, and and you know, people have to be careful what we wish for here because mm. it could be a disaster if uh, things go so, a bit more pear-shaped. serious question. Like yeah. I've got
3: five pages of news. I'm not sure we're going to get to those tonight. Mm. Serious question for you two, lunar gentlemen. Mate... Or mates, how does it get to this? Stephen Lowy. Now, whether you think he's a plant from his dad or not, he's a very smart. You, you can only assume he's a very smart man. How does he lead a board that gets us to this position?
2: Well, I Michael, mean, you your can, hands up. Go. You, you can spend you can spend three hours uh, sort of analysing that, but We've in a nutshell. But in a nutshell, um, I think the issue is very clear. The FFA is trying to retain control uh, commercially. Uh, and, uh, legally over, over the old enterprise and, um, you know they fear a, a dwindling of their capacity to do that by letting. Uh, and and this is an awful term to uh, to use, but um, it has been mentioned in dispatches that the lunatics may gain control of the asylum again, and that's what they used to refer to uh, representatives of the clubs previously. So, you know it's a it's a it's it's a dangerous time, but that's pretty much what it is, Mark. It's the FFA trying to retain control, and they are fighting tooth and nail to do that. And they don't want the, uh, you know, they don't want a, a very cumbersome and broad uh, spectrum.
1: Well, we're seeing in so many sports in this country right now. I mean, you just look at cricket and the fact that... How uh, uh,
3: go. you know, they going? Yeah, to go.
1: Exactly. I mean, there's Cricket Australia, the Australian Cricketers Association at each other's necks. You know, there's dramas in, in both um, the AFL at some levels. Uh, they've seen to sort it out there, pay disputes. But uh, but the uh, the NRL, you know, salary cap issues again. Mm. I mean, so so Manly. football's not on a own. Manly. Yeah, exactly.
3: Manly. Mm. Muppets, keep going. Sorry, Robert, it's your good, show.
1: Good keep beach going. at Manly. <laughs> no, no, but but, but that's, the, that's the point. I mean, there just doesn't seem to be any consistency or, or um, I don't know, g- good governance is what we're looking for, but, uh, but right now... Look,
2: I, I personally have great sympathy for the FFA because they mm. are in the bunker. They are seriously under siege, mm. and I, I get the impression... But they're under
3: siege, Michael, for good reason,
2: and you know this. And there's more news items to come about their misgovernance, if that's a word, this week. Yeah, they're under siege because week. what they're dealing with, what he's, what Lowy's dealing with is the legacy of that O'Neill time when the structures were set up in the way they we're living now. And it was only, it was always going to play it out out of a time that um, the traditional stakeholders of the game would eventually. So get we're reaping the up. whirlwind right now, mate. Well, how's yeah.
3: rugby union going under that gentleman? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, right. let's move on. Uh, as you've touched on, <laughs> we'll go through some very old news. But uh, last, Stendhal scored the only goal as Germany defeated Chile at 1 0 way back on Sunday. To win football's Confederations Cup for the first time. The only thing we'll say about that: good tournament, great tournament. I think uh, the G- the Green Army people we had over there, um, small group, had lovely. a great time. Yeah, and I can say I can tell you from talking to Kieran Pender, John Davidson on the ground, it is ripping and raring to go. Despite all the stuff we see in the news mm. about Russia mm. and well organised, great stadiums, yeah.
2: mm. hospitable people, yeah. fantastic value with the Australian dollar. We just OB. need to
3: get there. That's the thing. We do. Come on. Yes, let's try and qualify, shall we? Now, we'll talk to Gary Van Eagland later. I'll keep this very short, Rob, but the Matildas will face Brazil this September in a two-match international series at Pepper Stadium, which is the home of the mighty Penny Panthers on Saturday, six, uh, 16th of September, and McDonald Jones Stadium, if you don't know that, that's the Hunter Stadium, slash the old Newcastle Inter- International Marathon Sports Centre. Marathon Stadium. Center. Marathon Stadium, of course, home of the Newcastle Jets uh, on Tuesday, the 19th of September. The, the two match series will come soon after the Matildas meet Brazil at the 2017 tournament of nations in the USA big announcement with actually Gary's daughter uh, mm. Emily this week um, I'm not in love for the choice of venues because they're big venues mm. but I love the fact we've got some high quality football coming to Australia in these games yeah yeah and the
1: positive news for football with the women's game doing so well so hopefully we'll see good stories come out of that Mate, we've got lots more in News we Part don't. 2 at the top of the second hour, so stick around, make sure you listen to that, because there's lots to talk about there. But after the break, we're going to talk to Scott Jamison. He's been around the world, he's back home again, he's come to Melbourne, he's a Western Sydney boy, but uh, he's going to hopefully uh, be one of the agents of change at Melbourne City to uh, help them to start to achieve on the expectations at that club. So stick around, Scott Jamison's next on Box to Box. Box
0: to Box. Can you The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, they're just around the corner, and this could be the most
1: crucial goal of all, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport, now when you look at Scott Jamison's journey from the beginning of his junior career in the western suburbs of Sydney at King's Langley, to the Bolton Wanderers through four A-League clubs and a stint with EF Corz Gortenburg in the Old Vescan, not to mention four Soccero Caps. You'd think he was a veteran, but the 28-year-old hopefully has his best years ahead of him after signing with his fifth A-League club, Melbourne City, on a four-year deal. Welcome to Box to Box, Scott.
5: Thank you very much, guys, for having me.
1: Hey, Scott, doing a little bit of prep for this evening's conversation, mate. I, I trolled through your Twitter account and uh, I found a an interview with... Um, a Swedish radio station, which was quite uh, enlightening, mate. Yeah, um,
5: I'm pretty sure you're talking about the, uh, the, the podcast, the Belovie podcast.
1: That was maybe. the one, yeah. And and I'd say any of our listeners who, who want to have a bit of a listen, jump onto Scott's Twitter account and uh, you'll find, yeah. he, he, no wonder he signed up with Melbourne because he's, he's a coffee nut as well. So at least he's going to get that yeah. addiction, Phil. But it was a great chat because Dominic Bossy was on there and they, they really did their research on you. It was more of a profile piece, that one.
5: Yeah, they did. It was um, it's actually quite um, quite a good thing that that podcast. It's a um, run by essentially a fan who um, has a real passion for, mm. for the club and, and and wants to you know uh, try and get it out there. So it was um, no, it was very uh, very thorough and very well done, and um, you know, it was a uh, a good interview.
1: Hey, and uh, and that's how I learned how to pronounce the F corp correctly. I think yeah. I have got it right, mate. So, uh, uh, yeah. but the question is. You know you what you there was all sorts of drama when you when you left Western Sydney around getting the release and and you got the the big contract and you're a student of football you know your father uh, was a professional footballer um, you know uh, why why did you come home
5: um, I'll look without going into it too in depth uh, you know there was a few uh, personal reasons and private reasons um, that initiated the uh, the return back to Australia and mm-hmm. um, essentially um, you know being uh, you know, 28 and, and having had two stints overseas now, it was kind of the case where, you know, families um, you know, taking precedent. Um, yeah. Not so much over football, but I guess it's just um, you know important for me to be back in Australia and, and around family. So mm-hmm. um, that was the main reason. Um, you know, I was I was enjoying it over there. I mean, I got injured and was out of the team for a bit, but um, I, mean, I was still confident that. That uh, my return in the team was, was very near, but as I said, um, you know, it was private reasons in, in regards to the initial, uh, you, know, kind of, you know, I guess reason of, of why I came back.
2: Scott, you're just making your way around the uh, state, the uh, states of Australia. You've <laughs> played in New South Wales and Western Australia, and now you're down to Victoria. Any chance at the end, laid, end of this? Course. That's right, South Australia. Any chance uh, at the end of this uh, four-year contract you, you could squeeze Queensland in as well?
5: Well, don't rule out Wellington also. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm actually it's just a tactical reason. Everyone, um, you know, keeps talking about it, and, and my answer is I'm, I'm just trying to buy a property in every state in <laughs> Australia, and then I'll, I'll make my way to Wellington. Um, it's one of those ones where people, uh, it's a, it's an easy thing to talk about, I guess. That I've played for, uh, I guess, the majority of, of, of clubs in the A League, um, and I guess you could, you could probably angle it where, you know, I've played for a lot of clubs, and people probably think I've shell out with. Clubs, players, or whatever, but it's never been the case. Um, I've had a great relationship with each club uh, when I've left. Uh, Adelaide, uh, still a great relationship, uh, even though it's a, a, a lot of different people running it. Um, you know, Perth, um, I've got a close ties to Perth in regards to, um, you know, my, my partner, she lives there. But, I mean, even last week I was in Perth and caught up with Perth Glory Players and caught up with Kenny Lowe at their training ground. Um, so, uh, Western Sydney. I've got um, you know a amount of respect for them. Um, it's my hometown club and essentially um, you know a very special club to me. But yeah, as I said, it, it's kind of uh, been been talked about a lot. But it's fair enough. I have no problems with that. But um, yeah, I've never had any bad problems or bad blood between any uh, any players or any club. Uh, if anything, the opposite. I'm, I'm quite fortunate that I've, I've, I've kind of got a good relationship with with um, each of the players and clubs.
2: There's a lot talked about Melbourne City. You know, they are the um, obviously the, the city group and the financial powerhouse that they are and uh, the stories that around, um, obviously, Aaron Moy, um, you know, the, the city group selling Aaron for more than what they purchased the club. Um, in, in, a, in a short uh, summary, Scott, w- what impressed you enough about the city group and Melbourne City to sign for four years?
5: Um, well, essentially... You know, when you first talk to a club, uh, your your first impression is of the club. Um, now, Melbourne City, uh, in the in the last two three years, have have made inroads in the league, um, have made markers in the league that uh, you know other clubs maybe haven't, with regards to professionalism, uh, regards to facilities, um, but also the ownership. You know, with the City Group, um, says a lot with with what they want, and that and that's winning. Um, Now, also, yeah, I guess um, being 28 and and, uh, the the four-year contract, um, you know, obviously did play a part. I'm I'm not gonna not gonna shy away from that. You know, having that four years is.
4: um,
5: I don't I don't want to call it security because security maybe is deemed comfortable, but um, you know, it's something that I guess, as I said, it has that four years where I can put some building blocks in place. Um, But more importantly, my brother lives here in Melbourne. Uh, Mm. He lived here for the last eight years and. And being around him and being with him is, is um, you know, a massive thing. So all those things, um, you know, intertwine and, and come together. But um, there's no doubt about it that the club uh, wants to win and, and, and um, you know, wants success. And that's something that as a footballer, you know, I want too. So, it's, um, you know, it was a great match and a great opportunity and one I'm very thankful for.
1: This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to new signing at Melbourne City, Scott Jamieson, about his return to Australia and his first stint in Melbourne in the Southern Capital. Now, Scott, uh, mate, when you first started playing uh, in the A League, it, it all happened so quickly. I mean, you, you were in a grand final, you were in an ACL final, you, you were named the best young player, you, you, you were capped with the Socceroos. Uh, you must have thought, geez, how good is football back in those days? And uh, But you've moved forward and you've seen some of the harder times. You know, you've, you've done your Achilles you've had injuries uh, at an international stint at the age of 28 with a with a you know plenty of years left ahead of you uh, h- how are you feeling about um extending you know y- your uh, career you know into your 30s and possibly even uh getting the eye of Ange Postecoglou again
5: um look in regards to uh playing you know yeah 28 and um you know i've been around i guess for quite a while in the a league I, I came back to Australia straight 18 and like you said had an amazing start to to my Australian career with everything, and I guess I kind of thought that was the normal. And um, you know, I had a rude awakening the next year with Adelaide with results and, and form. So um, yeah, throughout the the career, there's been like uh, uh, many players ups and downs. Um, but you know, it's all been a great learning curve, and it's yeah, got me where yeah. I am today, and, and that's sort of the most important thing. And you know, I'd like to think um, I'll I'll see through this contract, and, and that'll take me to 32, and then. You know, I look at other left-backs going around and, and mm. definitely see that, you know, I could, you know, play to, to the same age as I mean, for instance, Josh Rose, who was here last year, is around his mid-35, so, you know, that gives me great hope. And um, in regards to, to the national team, it's, you know, it's not something that, um, you know, is a, is a factor in any decision I've made um, over the past 24 months. Um, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the, the the manager of the national team has... Um, a lot of players that he sees fit and I'm and, and, um, maybe not one of them at the moment and, you know, if it doesn't happen then um, so be it. I'll, I'll still support the socceroos and uh, want them to do well but the fact that I've, um, you know, played for the national team um, a few times is, is something that I cherish and, um, you know, no one away from me.
2: Hey, you only played, uh, I think it was about 13 games in Sweden but what can you... Um what can you tell our listeners right around Australia about uh, your experience in Sweden, and what uh, memories uh, do you bring back to Australia from from that experience?
5: Yeah, look, I mean, um, you know, I enjoyed it. It was, um, you know, a similar standard to, to our league. Um, it was essentially, a, you know, a very, very good club, uh, one that um, historically is very big in Scandinavia, but also in. in, in in Europe, I, I believe, you know, EF Call, you know, they won the European Cup twice. Um, the
1: only Swedish had, team to win in yeah, Europe. Yeah,
5: had, had multiple, had multiple uh, uh, sorry, uh, local success. So uh, it's not a club that will probably hit the, 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 the people's minds here in Australia. But when you go overseas, you you know the magnitude of the club. And, and for me to play for, for EF Call was an honour and, and something that, um, you know, is, is uh, something that I look back on with fond memory. Um, there's no doubt about it. And, unfortunate that things outside of football, um, you know, had to happen. But um, it's a case of, you know, the Swedish league is, as I said, very similar in a way. Um, there's some really strong teams, and you know, there's, there's a you know one or two that uh, are very poor. But overall, it's a it's, it's a good um, consistent league, and essentially, it's got the European tag, so there's a lot of there's a lot of eyes on it, and, and that's um, you know something that. I think uh, you know a very uh, big carrot for, for any players going over there because there's a lot of eyes on it and it's a lead that's respected.
1: Well, welcome home, mate. Um, we base ourselves in Melbourne this program, so we know all about the coffee down here. So rest assured, mate, you've made the right decision when it comes to uh, getting a good cup of coffee uh, in this town. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you uh, part of uh, a club, mate, that uh, that really starts to achieve on the expectations that uh, that everybody in Australian football has, mate, and uh, and will light up uh, Amy Park.
5: No, thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure talking, and
1: we'll um, we do it again soon. Yeah, we sure will, Scott. Good on you, mate. Good luck. After Cheers, the guys, break, Scott. stick around. The former North Queensland Fury boss and current chairman of the Australian Association of Football Clubs, Robbie Crame, is going to join us to talk about uh, just how his organisation plans to talk to the FFA, to FIFA, to the AFC in an upcoming congress that's going to be held in Australia this month. So stick around. That's all next on Box to Box.
0: Box to Box. Can you believe it? The chemist warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And storage key. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most
1: crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talksport. Now, earlier this week, Michael Lynch wrote an explosive article in the Fairfax newspapers outlining the possibility of the NPL clubs lobbying FIFA to disband the FFA board. And in the last 48 hours, we've seen the FFA announce a joint FIFA AFC mission to help sort out the mess. To give us a view from the AAFC, the Chairman, Robbie Crame. Welcome to the show, mate.
6: you, gentlemen.
1: We're really well, Robbie. And we acknowledge the fact that uh, you're in an airport. You've just uh, landed from uh, some remote areas after a lot of the good work you do uh, in those regional areas. And we'd love to talk to you about that on another occasion. But, uh, but mate, um, you, you may not have seen, given that you've landed uh, the press release from the FFA um, late this afternoon. Are you, are you across that... Uh,
6: yeah, it's funny. I got off the plane, and the first thing I saw was all these messages. And uh, obviously, I thought it must have been important enough. So, yeah, I've read the uh, read the emails, and I've seen the uh, the uh, the mix of it all. And you know, I think there's nothing surprising in that. I think the key in that is that FIFA have rejected um, FFA's 931 uh, structure of the Congress. So, you know, I think that that's been one of the key points along the whole way that they want a broader uh, acknowledgement of the football community in their congress, and 931
2: doesn't do it. Robbie, it's uh, Mike Edgley here. I've just got a question about the objectives of this uh, new group that you've been appointed the chairman. Obviously, uh, we spend uh, every week with Dean, and we drill him on countless occasions about what you guys are up to, but he's very tight-lipped. Um, but tell me, uh, tell me seriously, um, can you summarise what key objectives uh, you have uh, on behalf of this group?
6: Look, I think there's a number of objectives. One is that, uh, you know, obviously the number one topic is to work with all the stakeholders in the game, whether it be the, the member federations, the FSA, the PSA, all stakeholders, to look at the further development of the game. One of the key things is, everyone's on top of mind, is a second-tier competition. Um, you know, we think there's a there's a place for it. Uh, What's what that going to look like and how it's going to look like? Well, that will happen after consultation with a whole group of stakeholders, and... Um, you know, the board, uh, meets for the first time, uh, Saturday week for a weekend conference. They don't strategize exactly where the objectives are. But there's no doubt it's one of its second tier competition. Two is the development of the game. Uh, you know, the cost of the, ki- the, cost of the kids playing representing football, uh, for our sport is just ridiculous. So we have to work out ways. How do we make it cheaper for kids to play the game? And, you know, football is the only sport where if you play representative football, you actually pay to play Pay for the privilege. Every other sport, it's a privilege to play representative football. In our sport, it's, you have to pay. And I, and I think there's something wrong. Um, so there are probably two. Obviously you know, it, it is about um, working uh, and also for the benefit of the players. What other opportunities we can give to the players? I mean, if you look at a second-tier competition, uh, you're expanding the opportunity for players to play at a higher level. Um you know, we're not going to be the A-League, we're not the NPL. We think there's a marketplace space that fits in between the NPL and the A-League to help grow the game at all levels. And, you know, that's one of the key objectives for us. And um, most importantly, I think, where people have gone out and made comments, we are very much working partnership with all the stakeholders.
2: Rabbi, is there an expectation that uh, your group would have a seat at the table at the FFA Congress? It's obviously a very topical question, given uh, the consistent news about uh, the rejection of the stakeholders and the current Congress about the expansion plans the FFA have, and now FIFA and the AFC's uh, intervention. So, does this uh, latest development give you an opportunity to push for a seat at the table?
6: We've made it very clear from the very start when this association was formed, uh, back in March, that we believe that we're a special interest group and we deserve to have a seat at the table at the Congress, representing over 110 clubs nationally. Um, that we still can believe we have an opportunity. We've, we, you know, we've acknowledged, FIFA's acknowledged and they have acknowledged that we are a special interest group and therefore we should have a seat at the table. And hopefully with what's happened the last 24 hours, uh, obviously we'll continue to make representation, that um, we get a seat at the table. Um, you know, we, we've got a voice, but we've got a constructive voice. Um, and we've got a whole lot of people that within the game that represent 110 clubs that have a passion for the game that want to help. And therefore, we think we should have a seat at that table like like the Ailey clubs, like the PFA, like the Futsal and Women's game, uh, We think that we should have a seat at that table.
4: Uh, Robbie, it's Dean here. Um, I think... Obviously, from my point of view, and obviously we do this on air, is congratulations on being nominated our chairman. And I think I think what I was most mostly impressed from the time when we all met in March to where we are now is that when all of the eight of us were nominated by our respective states, that nobody uh, intervened. They all supported our direction. And of, of all the things I've most probably been involved in Australian football, I've never seen anything so seamless in, in all the time in the 34 years I've been here.
6: Well, then I think it started right from day one. I think there, was, there wasn't enough us-and-them mentality. I think it was very clear right from the very beginning that this is uniform, was across the board. Um, you know, to have a representative of each state, it didn't matter what the size the state was, each club in each state had the same voice. I, I think also we should acknowledge Victoria Newton as the deputy chairman coming from Tasmania. I, I think to have a deputy chairman from Tasmania just says, how the states across the board want everyone represented. And, and I, I think when this all started, Dean, everyone thought this was going to be a New South wales Queensland scenario. Well, I, I think we've the, the clubs have shown maturity and respect for the game to say, you know what, this is bigger than just New South Wales or Victoria. And uh, it's been a united front. I thought I, I was privileged to be nominated as chairman uh, and to be voted. Uh, and I think every board member was honoured to be uh, represented and being picked. And, and you're right. There was no voting. It was just unanimous across the board. And that's been like that from day one this association was formed. And, you know, to Tom Callis and Nick and the other guys who were involved, it's a credit to them how they brought this whole group together.
1: This is Box the Box on NTS News Talks, Sport. We're talking to the chairman of the Association of Australian Football Clubs, Rubby Cram about uh, the imbroglio that's been going on uh, over the past. Twelve months plus about uh, expansion relegation. We're talking particularly here about the, the second tier. Of course, the uh, the A League clubs have their own say in this matter, as to you know, their voice at the table with the, the Congress. And uh, and when we see this FIFA AFC delegation arrive, uh, it's going to be a pretty robust discussion from not only the double AFC but the but the A League clubs as well, Robbie. So, uh, uh, what are you expecting from this uh, this con- this uh, intervention, if uh, if you could call it that, when uh, when the uh, FIFA AFC delegation arrive?
6: Well, I'm thinking firstly for us, we will make representation to make sure that we're included, or we're giving you know an opportunity to speak to the delegation, and um, and, and obviously we've got the support from others as well. So, look, I think for us is to express what we can offer to the game in the country in, in Australia, and that's the key. It's it's what the solution to some of the problems are, and I think our association, our clubs are behind us, can help a long way with the solution uh, to make sure that this game in Australia. Uh, achieve its potential that's been there from day one. I mean, we're the the biggest participation sport in the country for a reason. Um, Kids play it. Uh, What we've got to do now is convert those kids from being just playing the game to be supporters of the game. And I think there's a lot of history within those 110 clubs and we need to make sure we acknowledge and capitalise on that history.
2: Rabbi, you have a history in the game too, obviously North Queensland Fury. So you know... You know the FFA well, and uh, you've had um, you know uh, extensive dialogue with them in the past. I might just ask you, in your capacity as the chair of this new organisation, uh, what are your reflections on the current uh, current status of the FFA, considering that they seem to be under siege from so many areas? Um, your group, A-League clubs, PFA. I mean, we had um, the chairman of Adelaide United withdrawing his plays from Ollie Roos this week as well, um, which is unprecedented in in the terms of its um, aggression towards the FFA. So what are your reflections? Um, They just seem to be in a bunker uh, and on the defensive on every front.
4: Yeah, look,
6: I think one of the things is that they've underestimated the the grassroots as well in relation to people who want change. And uh, I think that maybe it's got them by surprise. Uh, I don't think, I think everyone underestimated, including the FFA, when this association was formed, how Hacklism was formed, and you know when 80 odd clubs flew to Melbourne for a meeting. I think it took everyone by surprise, but, but I'm sure the SSA have got their own challenge I think the key for us is that we're not going to be there criticising the fsa We're coming to the SSA and state member federations with a solution to some of their issues that they have. Um, we're coming through the front door, not the back door, and I, and I think it's important that. You know, the FFA will make their own decisions what they want to do. And for us, it's about as long as we're offering solutions and as long as we're given the respect and we give them the respect, I think the game benefits. I don't think the game benefits by us slinging mud at anybody or any particular, because you know what? Uh, we all contribute to the game uh, and we want to contribute to it. We're coming with solutions that the game is, hasn't had for a while. And as long as we stay focused on that, we'll achieve the outcomes and we'll get that seat at the Congress and we'll get the respect of the state member federations because we're successful the game is successful because there'll be more kids playing the game and there'll be more kids given the opportunity to the game at the highest level to expose themselves which at the moment is lacking
4: um Robbie it's Dean here just for the final part of this um not only just the eight members that obviously we're, we're really proud to be part of, but I've noticed certainly from all the states when we had our, our phone hook up the other day that the support from around each state to that particular body, it's like we are a totally united front. There's an unbelievable amount of ability at the table that's all diverse. You know, I don't think there's anything there that we haven't covered with experience in a lot of the fields that you need to most probably take this game to a new direction and uh, and hopefully if everybody supports us and we all stick together like we've always said, we we think we can make a difference.
6: Uh, I think on that, we looked the other night at our AGM, there was 92 clubs uh, on the conference call um, and the 18 clubs that didn't make save apologies and we had a unanimous vote in every one of our resolutions. Um, It was a breath of fresh air from everybody across the board. I, I think we as representatives, us as a board, eight people are representatives of all those clubs. The success of our association, the game, revolves on every club being involved and participate. Uh, and I think so far we have proven that. And I think we've proven rock solid. And I and I see no reason why that's going to change because what we're offering is solutions. We're not just putting up problems. Uh, I think there's a lot of experience amongst those 110 clubs. There's a lot of experience we put up people put up their hand, donated their time. As you know, we're all volunteers. You know, a lot of us are putting their money out of their own pocket to, to do things and and I think we're doing it for the right reasons because we have a passion for the game, we want to see it succeed and I think we'll never lose sight of that and I think that's why we've got unanimous support from 110 clubs around the country.
1: Hey Robbie, thanks so much for joining us I think there's a few more conversations around this subject that uh, will be had uh, not only on this show but across uh, the, the spectrum of Australia's football media um, there's a lot of heat in this conversation and, uh, and, it, and it's, it's going to take a while to resolve yet but uh, hopefully if, uh, if the conversations at uh, the, the committee's levels when the, when the FIFA and AFC people are together with the FFA, the AAFC and the A-League clubs that, uh, that if the discussions had in a similar fashion to tonight, then uh, then things will work out for the best in the end.
6: Thanks, guys. And look, most importantly, I think we are all got focus on the solutions of the game um, and as long as we maintain that, the game will succeed. And thanks for all your support.
1: No worries, Robbie. Talk to you next time, mate. Thanks, guys. Dino, you're going to stick around because we're going to talk a bit more about the domestic game on the park. Yep. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you
0: believe For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal
1: of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. It's been a bumper show so far. It gets bigger with Dino sticking around to talk about the domestic game. Dino, uh, the longest off season in the history of of, uh, football,
4: but um, there's plenty going on still. There's always something going on in football, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Is there what? Yeah. That's a good thing about this job, you know. Even if, <laughs> even if you've got nothing to talk about, <laughs> we, you're we've fighting. got
2: a two-hour programme and we can never fit it all in. No, no, it's I unbelievable. It's
4: exactly. No, it's. Um, a League, Dino. Yeah, look, I think we've we've gone through over the last uh, ten weeks, each and every individual club, and got a little bit of a. You know the landscape of what's happening out there. There has been a little bit of news during the bit week. Bit of movement,
2: isn't it? A couple There's of players, yeah. Some big names.
4: Anything that you're thinking of?
2: That you're well, obviously Scott Jemison. We spoke to earlier in the J-M-O show. On, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a big move. But um, what about Corey Gramero? Obviously, the former Sydney and Mel- he didn't really get a game at Melbourne City because hes no, right. injury, injury injury wrecked. Two Rico. That's right. He made his comeback,
4: believe yeah. it or not, in a friendly at Hume. Yeah, and I bumped to him, bumped into him in the car park. No, you didn't bump in.
2: into him too hard. After well, not those too Ricos, hard. And
4: look, at, even when he came back on that first run out, he's electric quick over short because distances.
2: The pe- people who know say that he can play. Don't they? They say that he's all right.
4: Yeah, look, he's got a, a tremendous amount of talent, but it's like mm. anything—if you keep stumbling with injuries, and it's you difficult. Can't but get but going.
2: in fairness to Brisbane Roar and John Aloisi's program up there, they have given a lifeline to a few players uh, over the last couple of years, and some of them have done okay for them. So, so that's an interesting signing. The one that really got me, though, yep. was—I uh, think I'm expecting Central Coast Mariners to improve this year, and I, I am. And Mark's laughing over there, but. Thank God he's not on, otherwise he would have yelled at me. But but I see Josh Rose going home to Central Coast as a good signing. He's a he's a good handy A League player. I think he'll he'll add um some steel to that defence.
4: Very consistent. Um, obviously Central Coast has been a home for him for a long time, and you generally gravitate back to the places where you've had a lot of success, which he has. So uh, you know we look we wish Josh obviously a lot of luck in uh, his his new role. I mean, and they've you know they've been quite. I guess, aggressive in the transfer market, you know, uh, to be fair to Paul Ocon. um, We thought at times he did a really good job last year, the way they tried to play. I mean, sometimes that doesn't bring results for you, but I think he's got certainly a belief on how he wants to play. And I think some of these additions could hopefully, you know, give Central Coast a bit better chance of moving up the ladder. Can I throw another one at you? Of course you can.
2: Okay. the the other one that I wanted uh, to just highlight is that, um, Mark Bridge, who was a prolific uh, scorer in the A-League. He is. He's, oh. um, he's available because in Thailand, uh, Chiang Rai United, I assume, didn't pay him. And the PFA has been able to extract him from that. So he's available. Uh, which A-League club would snap him up? Because I think he's a good
4: player. Well, Bridgey, I mean, obviously, we know the, the Sydney FC you know, when he was there. And then, obviously, he uh, had a you know great time when he was at the Wanderers. Who would need someone like Bridgie right now? I would suggest Brisbane. Well, I don't know because he's got Gramero. Yeah, but, um, but would would possibly would possibly look someone like a Wellington? Mm. I mean, whether he'd want to go to how Wellington. Did, how good is Mark Bridge
2: in look, your in your mind? No, I think he's could good. Could he play yeah, for a big club again? I think he could. Could he play for a victory? Could he play for?
4: Uh, yeah, look, I, I think he
2: Brisbane could play for
4: victory. I just don't know how well with uh, Bessart there I just don't know how that would work Mm. I mean he's very much he scores goals and he's also very good at linking up with play so you know he's someone you can knock the ball into he can drop short go into wide areas Um, but Bridgie wherever he's gone he's always done a fabulous job could he
2: fill McLaren's shoes in Brisbane?
4: he possibly could yeah Yeah. I mean Mm. and again because of obviously the injury cloud on on the new signing as well. And, you know, we obviously wish him all the luck that he has a bit of a run this time round, uh, but he could be a little fit there as well. Mm, okay. Now also just touching on uh, Wellington, little bit of a, a little bit of an update. So uh, there's been not so much in from the actual football side in regards to players. It's uh, the coach and obviously former Knicks coach and it uh, was co-manager of, of the Knicks when, uh, when, when, um, only left the uh, the scene. Uh, he's actually now gone to Stoke City. Wow! And he's gone there. At, um, he was what they called the interim coach at, uh, at the Phoenix, and he's uh, took up a position um, with Stoke City in their under twenty three coaching department, which I thought was really really interesting. A development role. Well, in a development role, but also there's uh, the under twenty uh, goalkeeping coach and also under twenty three goalkeeping coach for Australia. Is a guy called Fernando, and he's gone in there to replace him as the goalkeeping coach. And we've had Luis Italiano playing for Bullion in that in our domestic competition here in Victoria in the NPL for Bullion. So, yeah, I think he's back in pre-season, and uh, he's now left back for pre-season in Wellington. Any other things in the A League that you caught your eye? Well, in?
2: I just wanted to get your view. I mean, I, I had a massive crack at uh, Adelaide United's chairman in the opening of the show. Uh, yes, I sorry, mean, I for that. withdrawing those players. I mean, what's your view on that, Dean? I mean, how,
1: how do young players, you know? Yeah, I mean, if, if they come to you and, and say, Gaffer, what's going on here? He's taken my chance away. They've you know, played all their life, they finally get the chance, and the bloody chairman does this to them.
2: Yeah, look, I think. Because the argument is they get, I mean, the argument is that they go away with Gombo and they get to work with Gombo, and then he gets to push the ones that he wants to push mm-hmm. in, the, in the discussions around the soccer squad. So, surely that's a, an advantage for the players to do that.
4: I think international football for young players is is vital. It's vital as part of their development, going into major tournaments, and you shouldn't really disadvantage any player, uh, irrespective of what the circumstances are. Um, The only excuse you have is if a coach decides not to select you and send you on your way onto that particular tournament, but for someone, either your own coach at, at, at your club Or your chairman, certainly, I don't think that's exactly what we're looking for for the development. We're we're crying out to get to major tournaments and the more we can get them to that. And this is going to be a big part, I believe, of the new look of how we how we're going to bridge the gap from the golden generation time. And we know the answers, but the thing is, how do we now deliver that in a new world? And it's going to be a really interesting space, but these young players, all the good ones, were playing first-team football at an early age, and they were battle-hardened when they went to major tournaments. Nowadays, they're just playing youth-team football, youth against youth. It does not work. And
2: um, Adelaide's football manager, Ante Kovacevic, was very uh, hostile in his, outspoken in his Criticism of Gombo, and then obviously he was backed up by his chairman 24 hours later. So um, you must read between the lines. I mean, there must be some bad blood there between Gombo and Adelaide, surely. Well, there
4: must have been. He obviously departed when he did, and he's obviously been in the setup. He went to you know, do, do some work with Ange as well, with a senior setup as well, and he was in there in the games that were played back here. So I think he's moved on, and maybe the Adelaide chairman hasn't. So.
2: Adelaide were rubbish last year, and um, this, is, this is not going to help them get better. I'm sorry.
4: no we've only got a short little window till the end of this segment but um, obviously we know the um, Ailey clubs and we've talked about the FFA Cup last week but all the fixtures are now actually being laid on certain dates so we've got a few windows of dates we've got Wednesday the 26th um, is a window and the live game for that will be South Melbourne against Edgeworth.
2: That's right. The giant killing Edgeworth. The giant killing Edgeworth. And we no. hope they're, a, although I hope they're a giant killer.
4: Yes, that would be interesting. I they, Shut up,
2: Michael. Knock a, <laughs> knock a couple in. Then
4: the, on the Tuesday, the game of the round is your boys. Heidelberg yes. United against Perth Glory.
2: Yes, lovely to get a, a Are we all going to go out to that game? I think we should all go out I to I that game. I think it Except for Mark, because he he, he he won't find his way there. He never goes to on the Northern Lord. Suburbs. I'll be, there on now, now, I'll be there. Sorry, Dino. Yeah. And I'm not on your segment, so
3: I shouldn't <laughs> be talking. <laughs> I'll be there at 3 o'clock on Sunday. No, my right. other boys, the Knights, hopefully.
2: Yeah, Mark's got about normal. five teams.
4: Uh, good luck Now, on, the, on, the way, on Wednesday Over the 2nd, I'm not sure of the live game, but I'm betting it's going to be between Blacktown City and Central Coast, Mariners, or... Could it be Darwin Rovers against Sydney? Oh, can't,
2: oh, no, not Darwin Rovers. They turned up. Darwin Rovers turned up to their game in the FFA Cup Round of 32 last year in a limo. <laughs> in a limo. And last but not least, just uh, big city rollers. Uh, to quickly
4: Darwin. wind it down because I know we've got not much time. But on Wednesday the 9th, it's Hume City against. Bentley Greens, the two semi-finalists of 2015 and right. Big
1: preview of that before that. Alright, Dino, that's the one we're all looking forward to. Okay, stick around after the break. Gary Van Egmoorn, young Matildas coach. Dino will be back to talk about the international game. We'll wrap it up with stoppage time. That's all coming next on Box to Box.
0: Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage gear. They're just around the corner. Absolutely
1: fantastic! Welcome back to Box to Box, second edition news shortly. Then we'll chat to young Matilda's coach, Gary Van Eggmond there in camp right now against the USA and Canada, against some big quali- ahead of some big qualifiers. Of course, is going to return with everything going on in the international game, and we'll wrap it up with stoppage time. Mark, we spent a lot of time... Uh, pontificating on the state of the game at the top of the first hour. So you get a stack we of We do news. pontificate. We do. Now, I, I like uh, one of the stories um, that we didn't get to. Socceroos midfielder, our man Jackson Irvine, who I've had a bit of communication yeah. with um, in like the last couple of days. No, no, to, I've uh, I've got a photo of him, Jackson uh, drops mate, lying by the pool in Spain reading a book, oh, I said Greece I thought and it was Greece, enjoying himself. So,
3: but Jackson will be on the show next week. He's Jokes he aside, you know. we no, tried to, to get joke, Jackson on last week. No, yeah. well, okay, <laughs> but last week we tried to get Jackson on, and I I, I mentioned to you maybe Jackson's on holidays. Yeah, you know. And, and, he, and he is and and he's but, here but, in
1: Spain. But he's the ultimate pro because even on holidays, he said, mate, I'm having a break, but I'll come on You know what?
3: And he, uh, he said it. Because mates with his mum and he's scared <laughs> that his mum <laughs> will get to him. That's why. No, anyway, the great pro. man Lovely Jackson Irvine stuff. could be the latest Australian to make a move to the Premier League with a reported bid from Brighton and Hove Albion uh, being submitted earlier this week. Another reason he probably doesn't want to talk to us right now. Do you want to talk to, Michael, do you want to talk to people in the middle of a Negotiation well, he,
2: like this. He did make some comments to say that he wasn't too sure that that was actually going to happen, and that he hadn't heard much about it. So, right. Yeah. Do, do we believe him? We've got to talk to him next week. We won't. We'll find now, out next
3: week. Can the we the reality is, how good would this be? All of a sudden, yeah, after yeah. a dearth of Australians playing yeah. in, the, in the Premier League, we know our skipper Mike yeah. Yednak. <laughs> and that bloke might be PM again soon, seeing how we're going. But, uh, but uh, Mike you Yedinak, wish, Obviously, I don't. I wish. I do wish because it would be a landslide for my mob. But anyway. Um, the reality is, we haven't had a number of Australians in the prem for a long time. All of a sudden, we might have. We, well, might we got, have a few. We've got two. Yeah. We might have three.
2: Yeah.
3: Finally. Yeah. It'd be Which fantastic. can only be good for
2: Ange Cogley, surely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, that's what we need. I mean, we we we, you know, we talked about the Federation's Cup and it's sport, sport in it.
2: because more people will subscribe to watch it. Correct. It? But but but. You know
1: our performance at the Confederations Cup, we didn't make the finals, but but the wave of of performance, you know, just ended on on, on a crest, didn't it? And uh, you know, for a player like Jackson, who had an absolute ripping game against Chile, and then Chile go on to make the final and, and put in a creditable performance against Germany, so so it all it all sets up a, a decent form line for for, mm. our, for Australia, and and if we can get players performing at the, at the top level and getting critically regular game time, um, then all we got to do is beat the Blue Samurai and then knock off Thailand and then we all head to Russia right. and get it again. The Samurai again. Blue, mate. Get it right.
2: Come Speaking of oh, the Socceroos, market, are they going yeah. to face Thailand at Amy Park? They are. We've rather than Etihad
3: Stadium. We've missing. got that news through yesterday that finally uh, we've got the news. It seems Andrew's whinging, if you decision. want to call it. Andrew's knock him, whinging. Andrew's stomping of feet. He's yeah. started to have an effect, one, yeah. with the FFA and then with the
2: state... So. Uh, Football fans, Socceroos fans... Get to what... Get going to aim gonna aim be a cracker. Game. Seriously. And bring your voices, because we're going to need to score goals and plenty of them. And can I be serious? Like, guys in the room, and you don't have a voice, Dana, you're off, but
3: I'm excited about seeing the Socceroos play at any part. So am I. It's a fantastic if it at, stadium. If it was at the yeah. MCG
2: mm. or Etihad, I'm still I'll excited be to see excited anyway, but I'm very but excited about seeing the
3: You, you go, hang on. You seeing know, this team play at a rectangular, proper mm. football stadium where you can sit on top of the action... Yeah. Mate, very excited. Well, I watched a, a lot of games um, during
1: the the Asian Cup. I went to every game at, at at Amy Park, and it it really I haven't been to an international uh, football tournament. I've been to, you know, Olympics and things like that. But uh, but I did feel that that stadium was, was a perfect fit for, for games at that level. And uh, and then to watch it, uh, you know, from the media centre... Uh,
2: oh, with,
1: with, well, it, it was just... Well, you know, radio. as they do Look that, the, wing. The, the overflow area instead of... Guy on the wing. Look I know radio is an
2: audio I'm, thing, but there's a bit of a visual head a wobble with wasn't it?
1: Yeah, he, he, so... What I was saying,
4: gentlemen,
1: <laughs> as you distract me, behind was... the goals with the real people. But keep going, Rob. That's fine. Yeah, you're real people, mate. You're, mm, yeah, you're yeah, drinking Chardonnay, Chardonnay behind the, the
2: goals these days. That's
1: yeah, it. but bottom line, great venue. It Hopefully little we'll pack it out. It, it wasn't out.
3: Chardonnay, I can promise you. Yes. Sorry, and, Rob, and hopefully deliver a good surface because the surface at Amy Park has uh, been it a bit is miss fantastic. fantastic. Although we saw that last week with the PFA survey came out, the best surface in the A League, and it was Wellington. So <laughs> it wasn't it's even because they get plenty of rain. In so, well, yeah. Also, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Now, one-time Socceroo Curtis Gould could be on the move. Uh, linked uh, with League Two side Notts County, which uh, might modern. ring a bell in this studio modern. somewhere. 442 reports a 24-year-old to could be hey. <laughs> out of newly promoted Premier League club at Newcastle United. They probably United. haven't changed the change room since then, I would say. They probably don't have hot water. Because <laughs> they don't have any, anyway, any money. <laughs> he joined five... Anyway, Newcastle United, who he joined five years ago from Melbourne Heart. There you go. There's a blast from the past.
2: There was reps on him uh, early in his career, but uh, the fact that he's joining... Notts County in uh, League 2 suggests he's probably not gone in the trajectory he <laughs> thought he should or wanted to. Oh,
0: maybe not. Uh,
2: Dino,
3: did you touch on uh, Des Buckingham before? Sorry. Can we cut that out, Nigel? Did you touch
4: on
3: it? Yeah, I did. Okay, so I'll ignore that totally. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Nigel. Move on to Wayne Rooney.
2: Okay. Yeah, Wayne Rooney. Go to Wayne Rooney. yeah.
3: Now Everton have not ruled out a deal to bring Wayne Rooney back to Goodison Park. Sky Sports have uh, revealed this week the 31-year-old is likely to leave Man United this summer, having felt. Winter for us, having found
2: opportunities limited under Jose Mourinho last season. I reckon this is unreal because fans mm. love this stuff. Because he's, yeah. he, I mean, he's played so much for Manchester United. He's been incredible performing for them. But he loves Everton. He's mm. a he's a Liverpool lad. He's blue. And I know and
1: it, it might be a bit of a long boat to draw, but oh. having seen John be- John Terry already um, head off to Aston Villa. And I know we're going to talk with uh, Dino you know, later in the hour. We about have a stoppage talking about that too, Rob. Yeah, exactly. But but what it might say to Wayne, uh, Wayne Rooney is, you know what, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. And uh, and I might go back there and, and actually play some football But why wouldn't you, yeah,
3: exactly right, why, why wouldn't you want to go up mm. the, is it the M57? Mm-hmm. Yep, and go home. 59?
2: Mm. No? Dino? Sorry? 56? We'll go up the highway anyway, and <laughs>
3: yeah. go home and play awesome. for the club you've played, you know. Awesome. That would be a great finish. And, Fans love it. And look, hmm. do the do the Toffees have ill feeling towards him for leaving? No, no, no. So great. So go back. And I'm saying this is a Liverpool fan. I'd love to play Wayne Rooney again. Imagine if he turns up.
2: Yeah, the theatre of to dreams. Smash Wayne Rooney uh, 3-0. Like you don't forget that they're building a new stadium, Everton as well. So Goodison, oh, really? are they? I, I, don't know off the top yeah. of my head whether uh, this is the last idea. Is see. it Michael? Or?
1: But 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 he's still he's still got designs on playing in the World Cup as well. And uh, not even an
2: evidence supporter. Have a go at Sebastian Asset. He's an evidence supporter.
3: He'll have a go at anybody. we have.
1: We
2: know that. But Sebi, the point
3: being there, that, that
1: Sebby,
2: the, if you ever re-
3: respond to any message or email or text, I'll have a go at you too. Yes. So the he's point, the big time. Your little time. There, gentlemen, is that
1: if he does get on the park, he may be just a chance of resurrecting his international career.
3: You reckon? I don't know. I'm just pop, throwing it out there. You might put that on stoppage time and see if Dino agrees with that, uh, being the Welshman that he is. Anyway, Western Sydney Wanderers have announced the s- uh, signing of striker Oriol Riera for the next two A-League seasons. The 31-year-old Catalan joins Wanderers as a marquee player from La Liga side Deportivo La Coruña, having spent last season on loan at fellow Spanish side Osasuna, which I'm pretty sure Johnny Aloisi yeah. played at. Yeah. So, On paper, this is
2: an awesome signing, Mm. but he doesn't have a great goal-scoring record, which is not great for a striker. Well, you think they would have done their due diligence, Tony Popovich and the uh, people at Western Sydney, who um, have a lot to live up to out there. The fans will be looking forward to seeing him go around in the famous red and black. And he was a student at La He was actually a former uh,
3: student, basically, or sorry, a former teammate of Lino Messi, Gerard Piquet, So
2: We They kicked on, he
3: didn't. So we'll yeah. see what happens. I was going to say, I'm, not, I'm not, not sure not. we're going to see Leo in Australia next season, <laughs> but uh, let's see how we go. Hey, before we wrap this up, mate,
1: um, there's a couple of other stories. I like Patrick Kisnorbo being signed up uh, as the new WA W-le coach at, yep. at Melbourne uh, City. But, uh, the, but the FFA... Former
3: South Melbourne man, of course. Yes,
1: um, yeah. have uh, have not signed a, a broadcast rights deal for the Arsenal Tour.
3: I'll read this word for word from my notes, and then we'll discuss. FFA may have missed a million-dollar free kick after failing to cash in on the broadcast rights to the Arsenal Tour in Sydney. Now, of course, those games next week against Sydney and Western Sydney at ANZ Stadium will be televised live and nationally on SBS, but the FFA won't receive a single cent from the broadcast rights for the highly anticipated Gunners Tour. Now, Michael, as we know, when these teams come out to Australia... When these teams come out to Australia, they pay a $250,000 royalty. Essentially, which is, which is a sanctioning fee. Sanctioning fee, that's right. So FFA basically get, what, a million bucks a year from these sort of things well, for free? Well, grand every time someone comes out to That's play. right. So they love that. They get the rights to this. They haven't been able to do a deal. Now, when we say million bucks, that's probably a bit misleading. Oh, I think that is misleading. In the past, yeah. the big tours have,
2: have done that.
3: But even half a million bucks, whatever. I might think be. if they Whoever could have sold it if which is
2: could have sold them, they would have. And I just say oh, I will no, do it.
3: So the point is, Mark, Michael, why can you, they not sell You're asking me questions. They cannot questions. sell
2: fire to the Eskimos, these people, can yeah, they? Yeah, but you also they these standalone games in the local domestic market have limited value. In terms of, you know, what are the production costs associated with SBS to, put, to do a this? Exactly. Yeah. So they're not going to shell out a fee to the FFA as well. So, okay. all right, boys, let's wrap it up.
1: We'll at least better watch okay. it on TV. That's yeah. it. Okay. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's it.
1: Next up, stick around because Gary Van Egmont, the coach of the Young Matildas, is going to join us. They're in camp right now against Canada and the USA. Think Mark's related to Gary Van Egmont in any way? Could be. Oh, well, they'd have to be. You know, these, these
3: Dutch interpreters. Van Aiken, so Van guess Eggman, guess. We're all German originally.
1: <laughs> all right, stick around. That's coming up next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse.
0: Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner.
1: And this could be the most crucial goal but of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talksport on digital radio, streaming on a number of apps. And of course, the, bo- the podcast on box a you Now, Gary Van Egmond is a name synonymous with Australian football at so many levels. But right now, he is the coach of the young Matildas who are in camp in a competition or competition mode, I should say, with uh, Canada, USA ahead of a whole bunch of big tournaments coming up. Welcome to the show, Gary. Thanks, guys. So, Gary, before we we get into the the nitty-gritty of your your preparation for uh, the uh, under-19s tournament coming up soon, which we understand doubles as qualifiers for the under-20 Women's World Cup in France next year, uh, this uh, mini-tournament of friendlies against Canada and and the USA, you can't get much uh, better quality competition than that.
7: No, exactly right. Look, they're both powerhouses in uh, in women's football, and for them to come to our shores is uh, pretty unprecedented, actually. So, you know we're really relishing the opportunity to play against them, and um, you know it's like a, a precursor, if you like, for those very important World Cup qualifiers that are going to occur in uh, in October. Uh,
2: what do you know about the Canada and USA teams, Gary? Is it uh, a bit a, a bit like sight unseen because there's so much focus on our Asian uh, competitors, or, or do you know a little bit about them?
7: Yeah, look, you know, obviously from from a senior point of view, we've we've been able to. To to play against them quite often um, with with World Cups and uh, and and Olympics and and, and so on, but um, we haven't really seen much of the youth. And and today, I was actually lucky enough to to witness the game between Canada and uh, and America. And look, they both played a really um, nice brand of football, looking to to control the game with the ball and and keep possession. Um, They were, from my point of view, um, very good individually technically. Uh, there was a good understanding in regards to both moments, uh, with and without the ball. So there'll be very strong competition for, for our girls. And uh, we're, as I said, we're really looking forward to it.
2: Well, it's a huge few months ahead. Uh, I'll just want to ask you sort of a few questions about um, the the squad that you've assembled. Um, it's obviously a difficult task uh, uh, trying to put a squad together like this. Can you tell us a little bit about the process that's been undertaken to get to this point? Um, because obviously, it, I mean, reading between the lines, you would expect this is the squad that you're going to predominantly work with in the lead-up to the, the, the big qualification matches in October.
7: Yeah, look, you know, uh, we've had a number of girls come in. We we basically started last year when we had the pre-qualifiers in China where we, we played um, Mariana Island and Jordan um we, we came through that unscathed which was which is great so uh, most of the the process in regards to selection um, is is done from uh, the, the state federations and and obviously the W league team so you know it's good to see um, some of the younger girls playing in the W league again NPC challenge which is an under17 comp gives us a bit of a heads up in regards to the players and then we rely quite a bit on the um federations of each state so the te- technical directors in each of those areas to to supply us names and and again then to start to look to see how we can have camps and bring the girls together and and then we start to assemble a, uh, a, a squad of, w- of which we feel that's um the best squad we most possibly can
2: can uh, can
7: have here in australia
1: this is box to box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Gary Van Egmont, coach of the young Matildas, uh, currently in camp with uh, the team playing against Canada and the USA ahead of big qualifiers coming up. And uh, and we look at um, at, at names uh, in the squad. Um, Melinda Barbieri, that's a name we recognise, mate. Um, uh, but of course, people, players like Ellie Carpenter and Alex Chidiac. But uh, but um, can you can you point out a few other players that uh, that some of our, our listeners may not be as familiar with that uh, that they'll be expecting? Expecting to see uh, you know within the national junior sides and uh, and of course the the W League competition coming up.
7: Yeah, some of these girls have had some W League um, experience already. So you know Nikki Flannery, Grace Mart, um, as you said, Ellie Carpenter, uh, Princess Sabini, um, Remy Siemens. You know they've had some some experience. Claire Wheeler, uh, Jada, she's obviously. Um, had some experience as well with, uh, with Wanderers. But, you know, someone like a, a young uh, Rachel Lowe, another girl, Amy Sayer, they, they're probably girls that haven't had as much experience um, at W League, but they're definitely um, super talents and, and, and coming through. And I expect, you know, both of those girls would play a fairly um, important part as you go through for qualifiers.
2: And what about uh, just tell us a bit about Jada? It's a bit of an interesting story. Um, she's obviously has some Indigenous heritage, is that correct?
7: Yes, that's correct.
2: So um, obviously um, she's she's a, a goalkeeper, but um, and she's made an impression already at uh, at uh, W League level, hasn't she?
7: She has, and and, and getting very close at uh, at senior level as well in regards to the national team. So look, she's a wonderful talent, and you know she's been nurtured quite well as. Um, as you can see of, of, of her journey so far, but you know, she's she's a prestigious, uh, prestigious talent and, and following probably in, um, in her hero's
2: bridal, her yeah. if you
7: like, yeah, in Lydia. Yeah. Uh, so you know, that's that's a that's a really nice story, and she's a very, very talented girl, and, um, you know, I'm expecting her to take that next step. Sometimes it's difficult for the girls to take that next step from, or you know, any youth. Uh, internationals to take that next step to, to senior level. But, you know, I'm, I'm expecting Jada to do that.
2: Now, what about the the group more generally, Gary? I mean, you're in a good position to uh, assess. I know I know what your coaches are like. You'll be talking about this group compared to the group of, you know, three or four years ago and beyond that. And obviously, uh, through your own involvement with your daughter, Emily, uh, I'm sure you've got a, a view. I mean, um, how does this group stack up to previous um young Matildas groups that have uh, served us so well over the years?
7: Yeah, look, I think they're a a pretty talented bunch. They're a very tight-knit bunch. Um, And again, you know, we're we're starting to benefit from the fact of uh, uh, some of these kids have now been within the the curriculum and the football philosophy for a number of years. So they have it's fairly well embedded in them the style of play that we want to play. So tactically, we can start to manoeuvre the the deck chairs around a, a, a little bit, but Look, overall, you know, I think we've got some, some really good kids coming through, some, some real good talent. Uh, and, you know, hopefully this group uh, can qualify for, for the World Cup because it's been a while. It's about 12 years since the young Matildas has qualified. So, you know, we we want to go out there and, and really give it a, a good shot. Um, and we believe, you know, that the, the preparation that we're getting and, and obviously the talent pool that's coming through is going to give us a, a, a real good chance at that.
1: And Gary one of the joys of working with young players in any sport is just the the enthusiasm um that comes out you know with their first opportunities emerging and you know obviously these players have been around systems for for quite a while but uh, I'd expect there would be a bit of fraternization between the the Canadian the US teams and the and the the young Australian girls in Canberra to you know to learn and, and grow from each other.
7: Yeah no and and also the coaches. So no it's great to to see that they have that interaction which is which is really good and really important and and again um, as I said before, it's it's really rare that we get this opportunity. So we have to take it with both hands and try and get as much out of it as we most possibly can. Admittedly, that's um, on, on the training field and obviously the games, but there's there's other areas like you've just touched on in regards to the interaction that the girls possibly get as well. So, uh, yeah, so as I said, it's only a, a win-win for, for everyone.
2: Gary, it would be remiss of us not to mention the fact that uh, it's been a big week for women's football. Obviously, the Matildas, the announcement that uh, Brazil's coming for, for two matches. Um, what chance is there um, any girls in this group might uh, get an opportunity to, uh, to be involved in, in camp with the Matildas in that program?
7: Yeah, look, I think there's a big chance. I mean, look, already we've had... The likes of uh, Alex Chiak and, and uh, Ellie Carpenter starting to uh, come into the senior team. So that was evident with the Algarve Cup that happened just recently in, in Portugal. So they both were both were involved, um, and a number of other girls are, are looking to to knock on that door very very soon. If not, you know, this this coming, we've got a camp from the 11th to the 14th with the Matilda. So I'm expecting some of those girls will probably stay on and 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 be part of that. Um, so again, you know it's it's really good to see these girls starting to take that next step, and um, they're pretty lucky, you know we have the head coach down here this week as well, so it's good for him to see the these type of games and the girls in camp to get him more idea about the the young ones coming in because as you can imagine, everyone's scattered around the nation, so it's not so easy so when we we do get these opportunities, it's great to see that everyone involved is is looking to see how we can start to get that next generation, if you like, uh, starting to come through.
2: Gary, it would be remiss of you not to ask. It, there's a, when you read the squad, there is an obvious um, uh, thing that stands out that there is a large proportion of New South Wales girls. Is there anything we read into that? Is the, the standard in other states not as great as New South Wales? What's the, uh, w- what comments can you re- reflect on that one for us?
4: Yeah,
7: look, I think that's fair. I think that, um, look, you know, purely by numbers, we would, we would suggest that New South Wales should always have... Um, you know, probably the largest contingent, if you like, for for national teams, both
3: men and women.
7: Um, but again, you know, it's probably uh, not really proportioned at this moment because of the fact of um, there's so many New South Wales girls. So I think that it's it's fair to say that um, it can be improved in other areas. And I'm pretty sure that um, it's something that's been identified. It'll be interesting to see how many of the junior Matildas girls come from New South Wales and in comparison to other states as well, and to see if that trend is is continuing and if it is then obviously um, we need to look to see how we can alleviate that.
1: Gary, thank you for your insightful breakdown of uh, what's coming up, mate. We're all excited Good about luck beating uh,
2: the Yanks, mate. We love to beat the Yanks. At anything. At anything. <laughs> at anything. <laughs> but but,
1: but what, we're, what we're loving, though, is just the, just the growth of women's sport in this country. And, uh, and you know, football has, has been at the spearhead of that with the Matildas and, of course, the young Matildas. So, uh, you know, we're, we're waiting for that medal, uh, you know, at the Olympics at some stage. So I reckon that you might be seeing a few of the, the players in uh, in the next few months that may well be the, the first group to, to get to wear that one. Mate. Indeed, indeed. Good on you, Gary. Good luck with it, mate. After the break, stick around because Dino is going to return with all the international news. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box.
0: for Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And storage king, They're just around the corner. And this could be the This most is Box to Box God
1: on NTS News Talk Sport. Dino is in the house with all the international news. But you know, I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, gentlemen. The,
2: the skin, and that's the yeah. largest organ.
1: The largest organ in the body. Well done, Edge. So love the skin you're in with. Healthy Care Grape Seed Extract. Where from, Dino? Chemist Warehouse Exactly Because as your body ages Oxidation causes your body to produce free radical cells Which are cells that can no longer repair themselves Grapeseed extract may help to reduce free radical cell damage. Not the kind of grapeseed extract that comes from a bottle of wine, the stuff that comes from healthy care. I was going to
2: say, is there Charest types of grapeseed? <laughs> no, there's
1: not. <laughs> it
3: mm-hmm.
1: may help you to reduce free radical cell damage and also assist in the improvement of blood circulation, which is important for healthy skin. Right now at Chemist Warehouse, you can get 100 capsules of healthy care grapeseed extract, 12000 for just $15. Always read the label. Use only as directed. Vitamins should not replace a balanced diet. Chemist Warehouse, lowest prices guaranteed. Dino, mate, you've got a, you know, an inch. Thick there's pile lots. Of notes there's lots to talk about.
4: I want to most probably just right from the start is a uh, congratulations. Obviously, we've done the England thing where they won the under 20s, mm-hmm. then the Germans uh, back to normal service at 21s, yes. yes. and then sure enough, they send the B team over yeah. to the Confederations and win that as well. So it is back to order. Nice England have sneaked something in there, but uh, to the Germans, they've. Uh, They've been one of the powerhouses and one of the leading
1: yeah, nations well, what, what,
4: for a long, long time. What
1: uh, What kind of coach is he? he? Just everything he touches turns to to gold. He's, uh, well, he does, well, and some uh, things he touches don't turn to
4: gold. Not necessarily, especially huh? when he's on the sideline. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that's I right. Yeah. That. Yeah, scratchy, <laughs> yeah. If you don't
1: know what we're talking about, check YouTube. <laughs> but uh, yes, but he, but as a as a manager, he's well, he, he was, was the understudy to, to Jurgen Klopp in the 2006 World Cup, of course, wasn't he? And uh, and they and they were. Um, they lost the semi final. Yeah, they were they were one of the the real success stories of that tournament.
4: Look, really interesting. I, I'm, I'm on manager, like from a managing point of view. I did a little exercise. I just thought, you know, there's there's been an article on the, one of the outlets, and and I guess I'm going to call this is who would be a manager. So what I did is I did a bit of research and I just used England. Just and we, we, I'm happy to Are go. you feeling all, sorry for yourself again? I'm yeah. always happy to go around the world and search the other countries, but. The statistics are there are 92 clubs in England and there are 34 managers are only six months into their job. So that's (laughs) over a third are into their first six months. There are only eight managers who've had five years in the job. One manager's had seven. One manager's had 11. And Mr. Arsene Wenger has had 21. That puts... 47 managers that have only had between six months and four years in the All job. Right.
1: Question without notice. Yes, yeah, okay. gone. Okay. Who was Arsenal's coach before Arsene Wenger? Oh, that's a good question.
4: Now, I know the answer. I had an unbelievable shot and once upon a time played for Aston Villa. And his name was? Bruce Rioch. Well done. Dino so, so you know, will know them all. Yeah, and <laughs> I know most of them. Um but well, look I didn't know that. I just I thought it that. was a really interesting statistic, you know. I mean obviously just with the Premier League, which is obviously the, the bigger league of all of those, Frank DeBur's come in at Crystal Palace, uh Cray Shakespeare is in that first six month window and Marco Silva's change, you know, um clubs from Hull City to Watford, so he's very much brand new. He's a month old. Dino, if
2: you had to pick a coach that uh might be sacked the first uh, of of all the coaches who's going to be first sacked in the Premier League who do you think it might be
4: I don't like doing this
2: no no, no but I I'm going to ask
4: you I to. don't like doing this um but it's it's always a good discussion point though. it look well it always is and it's most probably not the one that you actually think it will be you know um it's hard um I'll, if, I'll, I'll get this far. If Slavin Bilic does. This the one I was thinking. If he, doesn't, yeah, go, yeah, if if old he old. doesn't get off to a really good start, hmm. I mean, I know they did recover towards the end, but ooh, it was painful at times, uh, especially at that new stadium. So if they don't settle well in their home and Slavin doesn't get off to a reasonably good start, then that could be potentially. The first one. I mean, the new managers coming in from... Though the, the owners parties. at West
2: Ham, Gold and Sullivan, do have a history of sticking to the... They do. Sticking yeah. with their coaches. Karen Brady. Yeah, yeah they,
4: absolutely. when yeah. I mean, we've met them, as you yeah. know, and they, they, you know, they were great with us when we were there. Championship, well, <laughs> that could be a lottery. There's that many new managers in there. Oh,
2: my God. Harry Redknapp uh, at Birmingham City. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the Blue Nose is... I wonder what the... Uh, as the Blue Nose fans line up for their chicken bolty pies and bovril, um, do you think... They'll be thinking, Harry Redknapp, how long is he going to last?
4: Well, it's interesting. Harry, like, I'm going back, as you know, and while I'm there, Birmingham play Forest, and we're going to organise with Birmingham, and hopefully Harry is there because my dad played against him, uh, never played with him, but played against him. And it'd be great for those two to catch up again. Um, long, long time, most probably between drinks. But what it also does, it brings us into the next segment, because I had a little chat to with one of our co-hosts here, and he was really keen on this John Terry story. Mm. So what's happened is, is he's basically declared his love for Chelsea, and I think there's some political nature there that one day he wants to be the manager. He has actually come out and publicly said that which I understand and respect. He's been there 20 plus years, uh, been the captain, won, you know, won all the trophies, missed a penalty in the Champions League, which obviously you'll most probably never forget that. But he's gone to Aston Villa, which are obviously Birmingham City's biggest rivals. And um, they've got Steve Bruce, who again, we're friends of, as yeah. you know, Edge, we've been there when, when he was at Hull. And uh, look, Steve Bruce he got the nod purely because of his experience and also a guy called Steve Round. And Steve Round didn't have a particularly big career. He had only nine games at Derby and um, injured his knee and then got into coaching. And then he was in the England setup up when um, Big Sam was there. Uh, but also, his claim to fame was when he was working at Middlesbrough. And 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 when he was uh, also with the England squad, he used to go in and work with the England squad. And that's where John Terry's gone. Well, there's two people. One, I really like Steve Bruce and respect him. But he really rates Steve Round. So that's been one of the biggest reasons why he's actually gone there.
1: And, and John Terry could have got a, a start at a number of, uh, of uh, Premier League clubs. Well,
2: Birmingham City, um, Harry was in him weren't they? they, they oh, they, they were. In a big way. So they were... That we're really but you know what's going to happen.
1: Fate will have a hand in this. There'll be a, a League Cup or an FA Cup tie somehow or other. There'll be a game inspire, between Aston Villa and, and Chelsea. It will, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he'll have to do something. And, uh, and, You're probably uh, right. And
4: look, I think they've a really good leader. And I think yeah. I think that's going to be really important for for that rebuild at Villa. Mm. Villa is an unbelievably big club. I mean, yes. out, of, out of the success in Europe, I think they lie fourth mm. in British clubs in the history of, mm. of, of European football. So they're a big club, got a massive support. Um, and you know, I think I think John Terry's still got a lot to give the game, and he's a you know he's he's a good pro, and he's he's been very successful in his life. Now to move Dino, on, hang on, yep. just
2: there are some big names in uh, the coaching ranks in the UK yep. of those ninety six clubs that you mentioned, or in England in particular, but none bigger than the Hull City's coach, Leonard Slutsky. Oh, wow. Where is this Hull City's coach? Hull City, yeah, exactly in the Championship.
1: Leonard Slutsky. That is a question without notice because you've only raised that.
4: Oh yes. The, yes, Sorry, I was I yes. was thinking Marco's left. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, so yeah, would...
1: because you, you you like the the sound of his name. But, <laughs> well, yes, Marco Silva has a,
4: left.
2: Yes, Marco Silva has left, and Leonard Slutsky has taken his job. And that is a name that stands out from the crowd for there's, obvious reasons.
4: There's some interesting ones as well, like Gary Monk leaving Leeds to go to Middlesbrough. Um, it's caught my eye. Um. Alex Neal, if we remember from Norwich, who got them promoted, then relegated, has gone to Preston North End. Simon Grayson, uh, I like Simon Grayson. Uh, he's gone to Sunderland, uh, and he's obviously replaced David Moyes.
2: And for Australian interests, I
1: but think... But
4: guys, I'm not well, sure why are. you're
1: jumping over from Slutsky. I mean, he was... I <laughs> mean, he, 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 he was the the... The, the sacked Russia coach, you know, he only had a couple of years in the job there, That's and it. Uh, uh, before I'm he I'm came I'm glad you Hustle looked me, him up because but, uh, I didn't know he was. No, no, I I just knew. But you know, I, 46 I'm, years old, and uh, you know, he's
2: got a uh, pedigree.
4: I know where you're going now. You're going into the second division, aren't you?
2: I am. <laughs>
4: and you're looking at a certain team called Crawley Town.
2: And I'll let you do the honors.
4: And i and look and again. We've had this conversation on on this station already. Harry Kill. I think it's a really, really good move for him. Cutting yep. his teeth in a really tough league in League One. Oh, I wish and him well, mate. No I so be... do I. And yeah. I think he's done really, really well to get the job. Uh, you know, obviously his name's one of the biggest names that's come out of Australia. And I think this will be a really tough gig. It'll be challenging for him. But I think if he gets off to a good start and settles in, you just never, never know where this could take. You know, a couple of Harry. questions
2: without notice. Yep. Uh, will Ian Holloway be good for Massimo Lawongo?
4: Um, I think so. I think he's quite a good man manager. He's uh very, very funny. To... <laughs> he's he's one of the funniest guys you ever interview. Um Very experienced, isn't he? Very yeah. experienced and being successful. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think Mass will they'll do well under him. I mean, it'd be totally different to Ange. And I think you need that in managers. You don't want always the same type of character in and around you. You want to see how. I mean, <laughs> you only have to look at this this actual story. They're, they're getting managers on a regular basis, so they get to see a lot of how people work, and everybody works different, as we all know. That's now, on amazing. a on a little bit of a dampener note, I just want to just touch on this. We've always promised to stay on in touch with this. This is about the child abuse offences that we've we're on the show very much earlier in the year. Uh, I think it started late last year, and uh, there's a guy called Bob Higgins. Uh, from Southampton, and he's been uh, <clears throat> charged with 65 counts of indecent assault. He actually is 64 years old, and he's uh, appearing in the Southampton Magistrates Court on July the 20th, so we will keep everyone posted there. It'll be interesting where that goes, because that could then line up, obviously, a lot of other cases to follow, as we all know, which we've touched on in the past. Now, have we got long yet left?
1: Squeeze one more Squeeze
4: one in. edge Go to your gossip, gossip column yep. yeah, That's a big word I want to just quickly Throw out there I've heard Just as of yesterday 75 million agreed For uh, Romelu Lukaku To go to Manchester United
2: Well it doesn't surprise me That Manchester United Would pay a stupid amount of money yeah. For a very well known And exciting player because Manchester United wants to flex their muscles like they do, mm. financial and otherwise. And obviously they've got the main man, Jose, or as some people call him, Jose, Jose.
4: in
2: the uh, in the main chair. And he doesn't like to... Uh, he's no shrinking violet. So he will be saying, give us the money, show me the money, yeah, give me the well, man. There's
1: plenty of pressure on him, Mr. He's, I mean, he, 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 did, he did have the success with the FA Cup, but he's, that was a an all-or-nothing bid. A yeah. uh, Europa Cup, yeah. I should say. And, to, and, and he's got them into the Champions League. But uh, he needs to do something... Um, in the APL, Do you agree
4: or disagree
2: with no, my no, assessment? No, about... no, I agree with that.
4: Agree with that, and mm. I think just the other one, Diego Costa has still being linked with Atletico in yeah, Madrid, and will go mm, there from where they've. That's going to happen, isn't it? I think yeah. it could. I yeah, think there's obviously right. getting released by a text, so it's not a, not a good look.
1: No. Well done, Dino. Thank you, mate. We'll talk next week. Stick around because stoppage time. Is next
0: on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and storage key They're just around the corner. And this could be the most
1: crucial goal. Yes, of all. this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. The fourth official signals. There are nine minutes left. In stoppage time, so Dino's in here to join us. Now, where are you taking this tonight, Mark?
2: No, Mark, we've been, we've been feeling... Look, Mark's a bit of a whipping boy in this. Uh, he he organises everything well, well, You're chief and, whipper. Yeah, I'm the That's chief right. whipper, but no, I know Dino likes your to... your hands get sore over there? Not really. Um, <laughs> Dino likes to uh, to have his play, play his part, and so do you, but we thought we'd try and make Mark feel a little bit better. So um, we dug out... We went to the, uh, the history books, and we dug out a little bit of commentary... Just for Mark. So Nigel, can you play this off the top, please? Nederland, Nederland gaat in de halve finale komen. Ik heb opeens zo'n
7: gevoel
3: dat we in de halve finale gaan komen met het balbezit voor Frank de Boer. Frank de Boer speelt de bal.
0: Heel goed naar Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp neemt de bal aan. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. The, Dennis oh, Bergkamp,
3: brilliant! running onto
0: the ball. Berkamp the chip score Holland! Absolutely brilliant from Dennis Berkamp What a marvelous
7: finish! Oh,
0: Frank de seeking out Dennis
7: Berkamp Oh, that's brilliant!
2: I do prefer the uh, Dutch version of that.
1: <laughs> that is indulging Mark just because his team can't qualify
2: for international tournaments. Well, tournament, we just thought so we let everyone know they used <laughs> to be good. We give him Hup, they used to be good. Marco, can you explain what that little bit well, of commentary was well, from? I think it was
3: uh that was from France 98 at uh, Stade Vélodrome in uh help me out. It's uh Marseille, I believe. Yes, yes and uh uh, not a great medium for this, but the the cross came in from as you probably picked up in Dutch from Frank, <laughs> Frank de Boer. Frank de Boer uh, came across from the left, and Dennis Bergkamp, man, he just trapped. He he basically sort of half trapped it with his right foot. Took sort of half took a touch, took another touch, and then on the outside of his right foot, just. It at home, so, the if
1: you top want left. to find this goal on YouTube, we had, well, we, the, you just go yeah. to Mark's Twitter. Go Twitter to
2: my Twitter. Yeah. Although it's on Facebook, we'll put it on Twitter. We retweeted box it. Box do it. That's right. We that's retweeted just, it for Mark. We actually said, Mark, have a look at this. Said, look at this this is for you.
4: Just like we Dennis Burkham, though. There's the goals as well. The goal at Newcastle. Mm. when he was playing for Arsenal and, play the play. and, also the, and the goal at yeah. uh, Leicester was outstanding but
2: how good was the Dutch commentary I mean really <laughs> Brilliant. But, but in the uh, Fairdeacon uh,
3: department to translate for you and I only know a little bit of Kline and Becher and a little bit of Dutch but uh, he said Dennis Burkamp. oh really <laughs> Dennis <laughs> Bergkamp no, but, Dennis Burkamp. but in in the Ferdinand <laughs> department Dennis <laughs> burkamp
1: the your, your
3: mob have got a, a glimmer of hope for the World Cup. No, they're not out of it.
1: They're, no, they're, they're back in it.
4: They they're back
3: don't. in it. I didn't listen to your Euro segment. I apologise, but we are no good. No.
1: F- f- hey, the, I've got, the, got a couple of things. Of things lucky, of, lucky,
3: I've, lucky I was born here and I have got the Socceroos, who so are guaranteed to make the World Cup. I like.
4: I like their <laughs> Ajax team, and I like their young centre half, the seventeen-year-old.
3: Well, He's you like Ajax, on. and that's why
2: we are no longer friends now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want a couple of other things to throw into the mix here. Uh, the Socceroos are up to forty-five in the FIFA rankings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is there a cake? And and does just Anne's get a cake for that? Probably. Oh, look, at, look at forty-five. Um, <laughs> and off the back nah. of um, off the back of the FFA nah. um, cancelling the AOS slash Center of Excellence uh, program, they've um, and un- Futsal uh, That's what I mean. Sorry. That's my point. They've undertaken further cost cutting with the the futsal going out the door. What do we think about the, all that money being saved? Is that just so they can pay all that money the is probably
1: being saved down at Storage King. Oh really? Oh, yeah, I reckon oh, that's it's being said Because if you've decided to move to a new that house, what's seamless? I know it can be
3: exciting and stressful. Maybe all but the money they're saving is getting stored there. Exactly. There's so if you need everywhere. to move
1: in, put it all into storage with the FFA's extra cash. The best advice you'll ever receive is to put it in storage and work out what to do with your new place next. So if the FFA want to get that cash, just lock it in there. Rob, is there, there room at Storage right.
3: King for Steve Lowy's credibility?
2: Probably yeah, But enough, but you know it's, what else it's a small storage space. Mm. down at storage king there's been a few th- a few other things let out of the box do you know what else <laughs> Some more rival bidders for Network 10, which oh. means more A League in HD. Absolutely. So, if,
1: when you need to store something, get on down to Storage King, whether you're the FFA, whether you're Channel 10, whether you're some capital equity mob, get on down there, call whatever well, you Stephen debate. Lowy looking to
3: put your ego. Well, Frank once owned Channel 10 back in the 90s. He did. Yeah.
2: Mm. He did oh, I think he reflected on that it. It. Yeah, that's yeah, right. But but he was, doesn't own he s- lost quite a bit of money on that <laughs> one. He, he was
3: the first person to send him broke. He wasn't the
1: last, but anyway, it's fine. But he doesn't own Storage King, who are the kings of storage moving mm. and more call 1-800-STORAGE today or get to storageking.com.au for hey, you what are we, what else do, do they have locations the
3: in message. the eastern suburbs of Sydney? They certainly do. Harbourside whereabouts? All, over all Australia. Point so, Parpa where Dino, the Prime Minister lives. You're sitting here The Prime Minister could use their storage services you know I could store my Prime Ministership there for example Anyway Dino you were asked a question I don't remember what it was
4: I don't remember it either Over to you What is the question?
3: I can tell you right now, if that I other if that Catholic bloke it. takes over, I'm going. I'm done.
4: Well, I will tell you what, I have found, and we didn't, co- we haven't covered it, but. <laughs> Glasgow them. Rangers, a very, very, very famous club from I've Scotland. Heard
3: I've heard of them. Yep. You've heard of them. Laura they've McKeanis been on
4: some, club? yep, been on some dark times and come back to the Premier League. Scottish been, Premier League. Scottish Premier League. They have played the in a first round Europa lay oh, that's right game.
3: i've seen a few memes about this <laughs> <Against the laughs> Had it work out for them don't it against, Had against
4: basically out. a luxembourg pub team <laughs> and, <laughs> and what happened? gone away and got beat 1-0 at Ibrox in front of a at full Ibrox. house yeah yeah 1-0 not gone away, but did. then when they've gone away back onto the re- replay uh, the replay uh, in their second leg in luxembourg which is a very very small village of 3000 people they've got to in the country or the city, got, no, no, or, the city or, or the village yeah. Two nil, and they're out. (laughs) They're out the Europa Cup. Rangers are out. And this is the new manager. So poor old Pedro's under enormous pressure. So you know when we're looking at who might go first, (laughs) he might be a big chance.
2: He's a big chance. I love the way Dean described that Turned over by a Luxembourg pub team. <laughs> well, I also like that Dino described inadvertently the whole nation
3: of Luxembourg as a village of 3,000 people, which, to be, to be fair, is not far off. i am got to say, it's not far off. This is stoppage time, Rob. You're getting a bit upset. We're getting a bit I'm loose. Upset. I'm hey, just, getting, this, this is what is is stoppage getting time... We've out lost out of, our yeah. way with stoppage time in yeah. recent times. We've, we have. We've, and we've and been that quite musy. This is yeah. what stoppage time is all about. Yeah, it is. It's supposed okay. to be a bit of background Now... Well, is there one more? No, no. I was. How just much gonna... time? You, you've got the time there? Yeah, no, there's time. We've got a John little John Terry to... is yeah. now at Villa. Yes, we've been talking about them tonight. Gee was The tattoo of one of their fans, and I've lost my notes, I've got to say, but one of their fans basically said, if John Terry ever plays for our club, I'll get his name tattooed on my bum. <laughs> and it's up. And he's done it. Good on him. So, old I'm West, glad he didn't do the. old Hennessy well, uh, over here would know old, all about that. The
1: <laughs> old West Indies joke. Welcome to Aston Villa. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Good evening, oldie. Okay, you've gone too far even for me. I'm going to let that go. I That's know fine. you better, bro, because we want to stay on here. Who's but... the most famous American supporter of Aston Villa?
3: Isn't Donald Trump. Trump,
2: Randy Lerner, China. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, okay. Tom
3: Hanks likes Aston
1: Villa.
2: He does it's his team? All right, I, I
3: watched Solly last week.
2: Good yeah, movie. It, Good nice movie,
1: tight um, stoppage time there. It did get out of hand, but that's what it's designed to do. Are the only person f- missing. Could we talk was over you more, Rob? In the Trump? segment, you ready? Yeah.
2: No, you couldn't. No. Do it. Or, uh, or even Storage our old King
1: Post. <laughs> no?
2: That's full time on Box the, the Box. box. <laughs> Rob, you're uh, promoting a bit of fake news. What's that? This is fake
4: news put out by the media.
2: The fake news is that Box the Box is not over. We've got another minute.
4: The press has become so dishonest. You've become dishonest, we'll dishonest. About <laughs> We China. are doing a tremendous. Disservice. It's enough. Of, it's enough of that. It's <laughs> We have to
2: talk Mark, you were talking about <laughs> Michael Lynch before. Is he? In, the is he? In, I in believe
3: mind? he's over in the UK at the moment, boys. What Hello? will he be doing in the UK? Oh, I'll be having a pint. Probably having a bet on the ponies. Will will he he Simon be, Hill over there? Is he having a break? he catch up um, with Simon um, Hill? That's right. So Simon's over at the moment. To be honest, boys, because he tried to get Simon last week on the show, and he said, "Sorry, I'm over in the UK. What can I do?" Any chance they might be catching up with Hus? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't leave uh, my place for uh, less than six million. You've been working. I don't on... think Simon Hill has six million. You've anyway, I know time is tight, so back to you, Rob. <laughs> All right, boys. Now that is full time. Fair I'm enough. Yeah.
1: Join us next week when we'll have okay, a cavalcade of f- cast of thousands. Great being with you from one end of the pitch to the other in the world. Go game. City.